Good morning. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care here at Naples United Church of Christ. And I'm your acting solo pastor for one more week, <laughs> which I'm very excited about. Um, if you are new to our community, we have a new senior minister starting next Tuesday. Not that anyone is counting, um, but he starts next Tuesday, August 1st. So that's really wonderful. But I'm thrilled that you're here today on this July Sunday, whether you are in person person or joining us remotely, it really is a privilege that you're choosing to spend your Sunday morning here. I want to extend a special welcome to our congregants who are at Arbor Trace and at Bentley Village. So welcome to those of you who are gathered in those communities this morning that are worshiping with us. You are here in this place with us in spirit. I also want to um, and introduce our liturgist, Lloyd Bettis. He's been up on the chancel several times this summer, and at our worship team meeting on Tuesday, he reminded us all that this is his last time <laughs> doing it, and I think he's ready to go back to being in the pews, but Lloyd, we are so thankful for your worship leadership, so, so thank you very much, and it's a lot of work that those folks put into that, so we're grateful for you. Uh, Let's register our attendance. So if you are here in the sanctuary, you can grab those blue attendance pads there at the end of your pews. Please take a moment to fill it out. We do keep track of attendance, not because we want to be big brother, but because it's an extension of our pastoral care to you. And if your contact information has changed, please let us know as well. And if you're worshiping with us online, you can write your name in the comments section. Tell us where you are this morning. Maybe where you are, it's not even morning. I shouldn't make that assumption. Um, and while you're there, you can click on a link of the bulletin. And so you can follow along with the service order if you would like to do that. I have a few announcements to bring to your attention. The first have to do with our physical campus. Last week, uh, I said that we were getting a new chiller installed, which was going to provide new air conditioning to many parts of our campus. That was done this past week. A few little glitches to work out, but it is in, so thanks be to God for that. Um, and it was a big capital investment, and so it was our collective resources that made that possible. So thank you, thank you for helping make that happen so that we can have a comfortable place to carry out our ministries. The second thing I want to mention about our campus is the Memorial Garden. You might have been out to the Memorial Garden and noticed that for quite some time there's been nowhere to sit, but that's changing this week. This week we are scheduled to have granite benches delivered to our Memorial Garden, so that's the really good news. The, it's not bad news, but the other side of that is that we need help getting said benches installed. So... We need a few good folks who don't have bad backs who would be willing <laughs> to help get these granite benches installed in the Memorial Garden. If that is you and you're available on Thursday, the anticipated delivery date is Thursday, please contact the church office and let them know of your availability. Or if you know Jack Baker, you can contact Jack directly because he's project managing that. So please, oh, there's Jack. So please, he's here this morning. Um, stop by and see him if you'd be willing to help get those benches installed. And then I have a few, one programming thing coming up this week that I want to remind you of. It's also on Wednesday, the 26th. It's dinner and a movie. Gather here in Beverly Hall, 
the air conditioning will be working at four o'clock to watch the movie, The Longest Hours. And then after that, everyone is going out to dinner together. So this will be a really fun way to have an enjoyable afternoon, get to know your church members better. And if you want to participate, please just sign up in the gathering place or contact the church office. So that dinner and a movie is Wednesday afternoon. The other request I have is on behalf of our membership and growth committee. They're looking for folks who would be willing to host new member potlucks. So when folks join our church, we offer them an opportunity to attend a potluck dinner every month after they join so they can get to know other members of the church and other newcomers. But we really need people that would be willing to open up their homes to host these potlucks, longtime members. And it's a great way to offer hospitality to the new folks of our community. So if this is something you'd consider doing, um, it could be in your home, it could be in your community center, it could be wherever you want. If you don't feel like your actual house is big enough, don't worry, we can be creative with space. Um, But if this is something you might be interested in doing, there are details in your bulletin of how to follow up on that. So those are all the announcements I have this morning. Let us settle in and prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Oh Lord, we often forget how powerful you are. You are the potentate of time, yet we often think we rule our lives. Please forgive us and show yourself to us as we invite you to be with us during this service. Let us join in worship together. I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in the prayer of invocation. God, we come together today as your church and we ask that you still our hearts and calm our minds. We gather under your care and protection and ask that you strengthen us with your peace. Fill us with the Holy Spirit as we come together to praise and worship you. May we build each other up and encourage each other this day as we give you all the glory. Amen. I invite you to be in the spirit of prayer as I offer this pastoral prayer. Holy Lord, everything we need is found in you. For those of us who come here feeling broken, bring restoration. For those of us who come here feeling weak, bring strength. For those who come here weeping, bring joy. For those of us who come here with doubts, bring faith. For those who come here feeling shame, bring freedom. For those of us who come here feeling burdened, bring rest. For those of us who come here feeling anxious, bring peace. Your support fills our hearts with amazement and moves us to tears of gratitude for your loving power to impact our individual needs. We continue our prayer in Christ's name as we offer the prayer he taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture comes from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 18. You are invited to follow along, if you would like, as the words are printed in your bulletin. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for, for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. Substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. So in, in Christian theology, we believe that Jesus is the incarnation of God, right? That Jesus is God taking on human life and flesh and bone and existing on this earth as a mortal human being. And for me, this makes God incredibly relatable, right? We take this massive supernatural God that sometimes it's hard to conceive of, and we think of Jesus, if God had skinned knees and knows what it's like to have heartburn and heartache, then when I pray to God, presumably God can relate to the things that I struggle with and that I'm going through as a human. But what about the other monotheistic traditions like our Jewish and Muslim brothers and sisters who don't believe that God existed in human form, that God was God, human incarnate? How do they relate to God, this massive being, this supernatural power that is beyond our conception, that existed before the universe was created? How can they have an intimate and personal relationship with something so big and awe-inspiring and incomprehensible? That is what I think this beautiful psalm does for us today. It takes God that can sometimes be so hard to understand and makes God personal and relatable and reminds us that God was with us in our mother's bodies. God knit our inward parts. Ancient Greek philosophers believed that God was this static, supernatural, unchanging being not concerned with the cares of this world, let alone what goes on in our lives, that God was aloof and distant and disconnected 
And this psalmist holds this paradox intention saying, yes, God is grand, awesome, awe-inspiring, defies description beyond our human language. And yet, God cares about the details of our lives. God is so close to us. And we hear a lot about movement in this text, don't we? God knows when I rise up and when I lie down and when I move and where I go. And God is with me on my path. It's so much about movement in the body, our inward parts, our beings are fearfully and wonderfully made. But throughout Christian history, we've been taught to separate the spiritual from the flesh, right? And if you're focused on the flesh of things that are mortal, then that's wrong and that's sinful and your priorities are misguided. You should only be focused on the spiritual, But this psalm is so corporal. It's talking about our bodies, our flesh, and our bone, and our veins, and the blood that runs through them, and our ligaments, and our muscles, and the hair on our heads. And it's saying that every atom of our bodies is divine and sacred. And to think about the flesh is not sinful. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by our creator. This past week, I had encounters with two people, and they happened to have unexpected things go on with their bodies while I was with them. The first person I was with, we were meeting, and they got an upset stomach. They got nauseous, and you can imagine how things went from there. And the second person I was with had extremely low blood sugar. And we didn't know it at the time, but they were acting very unusual. And so we got to the source of the problem and realized it was low blood sugar. Both folks are doing fine now. Blood sugar was stabilized, all good. The person who had an upset stomach who was nauseous is now feeling much better. But what I found striking about these two experiences is that after... These encounters, both people apologized to me. And they said, I'm so sorry. And I'm thinking to myself, you never have to apologize for what your body does. It's not an inconvenience to me. And to be human is to have these bodies that are unpredictable and inconvenient and sometimes do things that we don't expect that we are unprepared for. That is to be alive in a mortal body. In my pastoral care sessions, I spend so much time with people who are struggling with their bodies. It's a complicated relationship. And throughout Christian history, we're only supposed to think of ourselves from the neck up. Well, that's just ridiculous. There's this disconnect between the neck up and the neck down, and it's frustrating when our head wants our body to be doing something it's not doing. It's not cooperating, right? It should be doing something it's not, or maybe our body from the neck down is doing something we don't want it to do. That's awful. Or maybe we think about our bodies in the past, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, and we can remember what our body used to do and what it used to be like, and we lament that it doesn't function that way anymore, and it's frustrating and maddening, and caring for these bodies is so inconvenient and gets in the way of us living the rest of our lives. Well, I have two things to share with you. The first is that 
Our bodies are organic matter, always changing. Cells are always dying and being reborn, right? They say your body is completely new every seven years. I don't know if that's true. That's what science says. So our bodies are not static. Of course, your body is different from the way it was decades ago. Your body is different from the way it was yesterday, And it won't be the same tomorrow. Our bodies are constantly changing, whether we like it or not. And the second thing I want to remind us of is that if you think about who you were years ago, maybe when your body functioned differently, back then, you were probably still unhappy with your body, right? As soon as we come to consciousness and realize that we inhabit these vessels that carry us through the world, from that day forward, the vast majority of us every day are probably perpetually unhappy with some aspect of our body. If you are not, you are blessed. Because most of us, depending on the day, are frustrated with a different aspect of our body. And that is because... There is a massive multi-billion dollar industry at work keeping us perpetually unsatisfied and unhappy with our bodies so that we will continue to spend more dollars in the pursuit of perfection. But we know that that is an elusive lie. We know there's no such thing as perfection. We know we will never arrive. And that's what they want us to think, though, so we'll continue to shell out the money. The truth is that our bodies are good just as they are, just as your body is in this moment today on this July of 2023. Your body is good, and I'll tell you how I know this. Because God chose to come to earth and take on flesh and bone and exist as a human And God didn't do this because God wanted to know, I wonder what it would like, what it would be like to be a human. God did this because God knew what it was like to be a human and knew that these bodies are a miracle and they're magnificent and they're incredible and to live these lives is a privilege. And God knew that and so God chose to come to earth in that form. And so maybe caring for our bodies shouldn't be seen as an inconvenience taking us away from our to-do list. Maybe it should be an integral part of what we're called to do with our life, is to tend to these vessels. Because they are the only way in which we engage with the world, the whole way that we know about the world around us and reality and our relationships is through the data we take in through our bodies, and how our minds interpret that information. So maybe caring for our bodies is not a deviation from our regularly scheduled programming. Maybe it is our regularly scheduled programming, taking care of these, dare I say, temples. Now, I know that body shame is real. And I don't want you to feel ashamed of feeling body shame. That's not my intent Because like I said, there are powerful and effective forces at work trying to keep us constantly ashamed of our bodies so that we will continually work on improving them. But what the psalmist tells us in today's story is that our bodies are an indwelling place for God. These bodies that break and bleed and hurt, 
these bodies that are uncomfortable and gory at times, that God chooses to make God's home in our bodies. And God knows all of this because God created us. And so who are we to be ashamed of what God has created and called good? Who are we to denigrate God's magnificent creation? What if we lived and treated one another and our own bodies according to the sacred truth that God dwells within us? What would the world be like if the lens through which we engage with one another and all the media was such that we acted like your body and my body and bodies that look nothing like ours were truly where God makes God's home if we saw all of our bodies as sacred? How would we upset the status quo? How would we upset that massive industry? How might we be liberated? Think about all the time and energy and money we spend on our bodies and trying to improve them. What if we freed up those resources to truly bring about God's realm on earth? What if we really thought of people with bodies of all sizes, all sizes and all colors, and all disabilities, and bodies that don't have the resources to take care of their regular hygiene, and bodies that live with dementia and Alzheimer's, and bodies that live with chronic pain. What if we looked at these bodies and said, your body is good, and God dwells within you? What would the world be like? The psalmist paints this beautiful picture for us, and I think of it kind of as like an inverted pyramid. That this awesome, magnificent God, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, the Alpha and the Omega, the great I am, the God that even the most incredible scientific technology can never photograph, the greatest and most brilliant minds can never conceive, this God that is so far beyond, dwells within each and every one of our bodies. And God knows your heart rate and your blood pressure because God is as close to you as your beating heart. This wisdom is over 2,500 years old. It is ancient wisdom. And so the next time you're being hard on your body or you're criticizing it or lamenting that it's not doing what you want it to do or it doesn't look the way you want it to look, I invite you to take a moment to pause and remember you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. God poured out God's spirit upon all flesh, not just the flawless flesh that was recently nipped and tucked and waxed and lasered. God poured out God's spirit upon all flesh and may you know that your body is a blessing just as it is. And I pray, pray that you go from this place knowing that you are a beloved child of God. God is closer to you than your own beating heart. You are created in God's image. And I pray that you go in peace. Amen.